This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Playoffs. Hello and welcome to NL Playoffs. This is round 29 of our podcast. My name is Gautam. I have with me my co-host Aniket. Aniket, say hello. Hello world. We are recording this on the 19th of October 2022. We are it's around 8:20 a.m. India time. Uh, so for those of you who are listening at a later date, please consider that date or please have that date in mind and please don't accuse us of being outdated we are outdated as it is anyway so just just give us some rope here uh, but uh, aniket how's it going man how's your uh, sporting viewing sports viewing experience been the last couple of weeks this weekend was especially uh, uh, interesting i was going to use the word uh, wonderful but it was interesting because uh, as we'll come to it uh, there was a lot of footballing action happening uh, around yeah. uh, and my team was playing um, we'll we'll come to that yeah but it was interesting yeah that's all i can say so this, ha- the, yeah there has been a lot of yeah there has been a lot of uh, sports for sure we are going to try to cover a lot of sports well a lot as in three or four sports if we can today and see where that takes us but i have i want to open up with a Uh, I want to throw a curveball as they say as they want as they use a sporting Let's reference. Let's go. Um yeah. is so the, a couple of things that uh, were in my mind. So a couple of things uh which were uh the NBA season just started so uh, the Warriors are the defending champions. The Golden State Warriors won it last year. So there was an incident just I think or 3 weeks ago or something when uh, one of their stars Draymond Green uh punched another team punched his teammate in practice there was some kind of altercation the video is out um, there's some kind of altercation where uh, Draymond Green is known to be the ultimate trash talker so he was talking trash and he went close to this other guy called Jordan Poole and then uh, he was so close Jordan Poole pushed him away and then as soon as he pushed him away Draymond just leapt at him and just gave him one right right across his face solid punch um, now the team always handles those things internally any team handles those internally but tmz leaked the video they got hold of the video and they leaked it so it was it became a whole another thing right uh, but the team did handle it internally and they did not everybody thought he would be at least be suspended for like a game or two but they ended up just fining him and then without any suspensions or anything like that so that is one incident now the other incident is the t20 world cup is round not round the country has already started it's ongoing right now so uh, the west indies are in uh, uh, australia right now uh, but they are without one of their star players shimron hetmyer so you might remember shimron hetmyer is the big left hander who plays really well um he was included in the squad he was part of the squad but they banned him from the squad or they said he's not going to be a part of the team anymore in the world cup because he missed a flight to australia he missed a couple of flights apparently there were two flights he was offered he had some issue with the first flight because he was citing some personal reasons and then uh he also missed the second flight so they said screw it we are done with him right now there are these two things which are essentially related to player behavior now with draymond green you can see that the warriors team was more lenient uh, with him because i guess because he's a really really important cog in the team he's a really important piece in the puzzle for the warriors because he is the one who makes everybody tick 
on that team right so he was uh, handed out one kind of treatment now if shimron hetmyer now he's a really good player as well but he's not uh, somebody that i don't think west indies is going to miss as much because there are other players so he's given another specific type of treatment so with all of this in mind what is i think this is how it goes in sports based on individual players' abilities and stardom everybody is handled differently based on his reputation i think it's a little um foolish of us to think that all players should be treated equally what do you think about those well to start off with uh, i th- i do agree with you uh, what happens is you are treated based on what you contribute to the team right where you stand in the whole uh, system if i may and yeah it's unfortunately the truth i mean in an utopian world you would have uh, you know kylian mbappe also if you can add him to this which we will talk later on you know probably you know benched or not being played for all the antics someone's pulling but uh, unfortunately that does not happen and it's exactly what you you see i couldn't say it in better words but it's because what you contribute to the team and this incident of uh, you know teammates uh, getting physical took me back to uh, the jordan and curry uh, you know uh, no sorry what uh, am i saying Kerr. yeah sorry yeah so uh, but yeah who happens steve kerr happens to be the coach of the golden state warriors also <laughs> exactly and uh, they you know they had a bust up in their training field as well and i think uh, last dance is where even uh, jordan talks about what I, what actually happened even uh, kerr talks about it so yeah and I, and I, i what happened with that incident? i mean so you know it's you can see like you, you're not going to bench your uh you know top player ever uh cause there are too many uh it's it's what you call the snowball or the domino effect right like you know you have revenue first of all it's the starting of the season then you have revenues attached to what goes and uh and today's sport is money so uh you want to be careful and again coming to the west indian player yeah i mean uh you could get away you know with a strict treatment only because uh, he was not uh, you know the integral so called i'm putting in air quotes the integral part of the team but yeah again uh, i do understand where this comes from but in a utopian world you would say oh everyone's treated on a fair basis and uh, we we know though that's not true and i think i'd be lying to myself if i believed otherwise and i think that is how it should be also not no i'm not talking about stardom of the players as such but every player is different everybody some uh, some guy some player is uh, like uh, uh, mercurial or he's like over the top outgoing the other the other the other player might be an introvert of some kind or the other player might be xyz might be temperamental and so on in this case if you see draymond green he's like an extremely temperamental guy but who's always on the edge he's always treading that line always trying to push that line but he's the guy who makes everybody tick because warriors team is known to have a bunch of nice guys and draymond green because he's the guy who makes everybody tick right so you you need to be treated differently every player needs to be treated differently you know i recall kevin peterson in the england squad and how he was mishandled badly um if you uh, uh, there is this really interesting thing that gary neville talks about in the alex ferguson documentary where uh, they were attending some kind of a black tie event and uh, the coach asked everybody to come in like nice blazers and suits and so on everybody did it except i think it was roy keane or somebody who 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 just did care and he just came as he wished but Alex Ferguson didn't say anything 
but had had that uh, Gary Neville recalls had that been one of Gary Neville or Ryan Giggs or somebody he would have had a uh, they would have gotten an ear full of uh, abuse from Alex Ferguson right so it tells you how and then he Alex Ferguson then later on tells that you have to treat everybody differently based on who the player is and how he behaves so i think a good manager is someone who treats every player differently based on his behaviors also considering the stardom as well if it was like in the warriors if it was like a 11th man or the 12th man he's, he would have been suspended for sure well, yeah for sure and uh, that's where uh, you know uh, managers uh, are coaches for sure but an, a very important aspect is uh, what you call man management right every uh, player is treated differently and I, again coming back uh, piggybacking of what you said so i remember reading sir alex ferguson's book and he talks about how he treated nani very differently from rooney so rooney was one of those guys whom you could you know uh, rile up and you know you said something and he always took it but nani was um, i'm not using the exact words but more of the uh, guy who needed an arm around the shoulder you know so you treat people differently and like very rightly as you said uh, everyone reacts differently to different situations and that's where i think the genius of a coach is uh with that being said though we should uh my opinion is we should draw a baseline right of what can be forgiven and what uh cannot be so uh, and th- that's where st- things get really blurry because how important is a player where you let things go so uh yeah. that i think that's where the line starts getting very blurry and yeah i i see i see like for example yeah sure team busts up is it the first bust up that's ever happened among teammates no, no right so you've had you can take it go, take it back to as old as sport is i believe and uh, again where does this uh line where is the line drawn i think a good example of it is uh, uh when you like alleged of serious crimes right so i think mason greenwood yeah. uh, who in sir alex ferguson's words is one of the brightest talents to come out from english football but we have seen the stand i think uh, you know better because it's your club united has taken and you know there, there is no sympathy there and rightly so like you know so there is this unfortunately uh, not unfortunately there's also positive side to it of where you draw the line like on these heinous crimes which come under heinous crimes so it's good but i also think teams should aspire to a high standard and that becomes that starts becoming very troubling when you come to like small uh, problems like these i i call it small because it happens in every team you know you have personalities different personalities different reactions so yeah no that's my two cents also there is also uh, online or everybody keeps talking about how no you know if this was real world if this was corporate environment out in the office environment if somebody has somebody physically assault somebody that's an automatic uh, firing and so on i think we should stop comparing sport with other walks of life because sport by itself is like it is a physical activity and especially if you look at basketball and so on it is a contact sport so athletes are wired differently and there is a certain inherent culture within a team setup i think that we need to accept shouldn't we uh i i would uh, slightly disagree I, i i agree to the larger point you're making that sport uh, tends to be more physical but uh, trust me a corporate uh, world is not you know uh, there are no preachers for sanctity and uh, rules you see often you know things going wrong and i think uh, facebook is a recent example of you know uh, what what can happen in a corporate culture so uh, with all the leaks and stuff coming out and how it's it's very well known like you know how one person is uh, promoted over the others there's office politics happening yes but it's a different kind of politics you know you're not beating each other up but you're doing right. uh, things that 
in some ways might be worse some ways may not but uh, it's a different ball game and it's comparing apples to oranges so exactly uh, i think it's a bit of a false equivalence to say oh if somebody beats you up in your office you'd automatically he would automatically he or she would automatically be fired but yeah but uh, but it's completely as you said it's talk it's chalk and cheese right if it's a sporting environment it's a whole different culture that sometimes may not make sense to normal people like you and me but in like a i i can honestly see it though but you know whenever we, even on like when we play for, in our school or if we play with friends or something there are instances where it gets physical or it you know tempers flare up so i can only imagine what happens in like a professional setup when the stakes are so so high right and exactly so you know and it's well known even corporate typically what happens even corporate setting and let's not forget these sports teams now are large corporates right they are corporates yes. like so there's money involved there is uh, you know a huge machinery involved to make these teams run and when some for whatever crime there is no one's justifying a crime a crime is a crime but uh, whatever it is there's an investigation launch and a lot of times it matters who's being investigated right if you're it uh, is. if yeah. you if you're the boss's favorite you know there are a lot of ways you can walk around and you know skirt the line but in other cases uh, not so Uh, yeah i mean this is uh, yeah this is an, a completely different different beast to debate but uh, i uh, overall i agree with you like uh, saying uh, it's apples to oranges you know you, it's it's unfair to compare it with corporate because different kind of uh, things happen in in, a, in different work environments but this is something that happens and uh, one thing common in all of this is uh, not everyone is treated equally so that that is 100% true not everybody is treated equally uh, fairly or equally everybody is everybody's built different uh, there are unequal people there you know steph curry is going to be different treated differently from draymond green who's going to be treated differently from jordan poole so anyway uh, moving on there's a lot of sporting action that uh, that is ongoing and that has happened um we'll start uh, with with some uh, cricket headlines because uh, the t20 world cup is on well and truly on now the qualifiers i don't think the the icc is calling are calling is calling them uh, qualifiers but the matches are ongoing they are, they are the qualifiers essentially to get into the super 12 stages i guess so it is going to be uh, some associate nations along with sri lanka because i think they failed to qualify directly to to the super 12 stage so they the games are ongoing now namibia did upset the sri lanka their first game but then sri lanka bounced back yesterday uh and beat uh, the uae quite convincingly uh, but you've watched a little bit of the india versus australia warm up game what did you make of india and the team and uh, what did you make of uh, the game itself yeah so again uh, i for full i saw the highlights of the game i couldn't uh, catch it live but with that being said uh, the indian batting was good i liked uh, kl rahul i think he he blazed through in the start and then even uh, sky surikumar yadav had a good knock he's always good yeah had a good knock to play and what surprised me most was well watching the highlights again the good thing is i didn't i typically don't watch the score before watching the highlights so there is still essence of surprise and i remember it was 174 for 4 australia were and i think they needed uh so they went to 180 so they needed about 12 runs to win i believe like uh, to win the game and that's when mohammad shami bowled the uh, final over which was uh, i i thought i honestly at that point when i was watching the highlights i thought that this game is going to be won by australia and uh, you know t- t20 12 runs is uh, in an over is, I, i don't think it's a big deal 
but uh, with that being said i think there was a brilliant uh, over bowl by shami and uh, let's not forget uh, kohli's uh, fielding so he had this uh, spectacular catch on the boundary and oh that run out oh that was uh, that was insane if you could get the maybe we'll add a voice note on the commentary about <laughs> that run out it was just it was just uh, i i stood up yeah, that was that was some throw and direct hit so yeah overall let's see i really don't know uh, how india is going to perform actually it just feels weird i mean obviously you take this with a pinch of salt these are warm up games uh, so nothing uh, officially is at stake but nevertheless it was good to see uh, kohli at least uh, i mean you you just just by his fielding you you got to see what he gives to the team so that that really uh, you know riled me up and i like it's good to see my ex captain you know be be that be that guy on the field yeah his his batting has been all right is slowly coming back to form i think he exactly. looks good but i think um uh batting more than anything else holds the key for india in this world cup i think because uh if they have to win in my opinion they have to outscore any, anybody uh, because it's it's not the bowling bowling that's going to get it done i think this time because it's a fairly inexperienced uh, bowling attack with ashdeep singh and harshal patel now shami is back in the squad now that bumrah is out of the world cup and also jadeja is out of the world cup so it's going to be um, i think aksar patel is going to be a really important uh, piece as well in all of this uh, the big grounds in australia are going to help the bowlers because the long boundaries always help the bowlers so uh the short ball might come into play but we'll see what happens uh i i think if they make the semi finals that's a that will be a good result i know they'll be gunning to win the whole title but i i'm not pinning my hopes on india this time yeah just just uh agree with everything you said and just uh, piggybacking off that uh, basically so batting has to flourish right but then i think uh the bowlers uh, even though we are missing both jadeja and bumrah who who are i i i think not many would disagree who are key to this indian team you know in just terms of the uh, uh, what jadeja has to offer and what bumrah obviously i think he's one of the best pacers in the world right now if not if you don't call him the best so yeah it'll be interesting to see uh, how the bowling i'm very interested to see what the bowling lineup does cuz i've uh, seen uh, statements from shami and all come on different uh, you know news about how we should give them a choice and stuff so chance sorry Uh, not not what am i saying choice but chance and see what they have to offer so it's it's very exciting it's a relatively new bowling lineup it'll be uh, i think uh, typically the batting i assume would do well so it would i think the deal would come down to what the bowlers actually do just because uh, of how you know you have to restrict these big teams and uh, you you cannot give you cannot let australia and new zealand and these big teams put on big big scores and then uh hope that batsmen will chase but nevertheless uh i think we have a good batting lineup that being said yeah and in the batting lineup i think surikumar yadav holds the key yeah. uh because he's the man in form so india will be looking at him to get the job done uh rohit sharma seems out of sorts as far as batting goes and also the captaincy goes so far so we'll see what happens india play yeah go ahead yeah no i just want to going to say uh, uh i mean rohit sharma is a fantastic batsman uh but at this point i'm more concerned about how he will be as a captain than a, than a batsman so i'm i'm excited to see concern is the wrong word but i think it can be well he's has enough experience in the ipl and he just has to show it on the international level because uh, he's leading team india 
uh yeah uh, nothing has convinced me so far but we'll see what happens uh, india play pakistan on sunday uh, it's it's a very it's at a very convenient time for us it's a sunday afternoon here in india at 1:30 pm so it's it's perfect uh but uh, like you know typical icc they look to cash in on india pakistan clashes at the icc events i i'm not going to complain i guess it's going to be a good game i think pakistan have a really good team this time around because they have uh, shaheen shafridi back who's a really excellent i think he's a really good bowler so uh, it should be a good contest uh, this sunday we'll discuss more on our next episode to see not not just talk about that game but the whole tournament itself um but speaking of icc aniket uh, uh, and the bcci we have a new uh, president for the bcci roger bini uh got appointed as the new president of the BCCI uh i don't know what happened because i thought uh, ganguly was in for the long haul um uh, the chief minister of uh, west bengal mamta banerjee has uh put her uh, uh, hat in the ring not as not to contest but to just get in the arguments and said she was shocked uh, that ganguly was uh, shown the door and she has urged or she said she's going to urge uh, uh prime the prime minister to enable him to contest the icc elections so again lots of lots of chatter publicly but nothing concrete nothing that we know of what's happening behind the scenes un- until and unless we get a really good report from one of the good reporters uh typical bcci actually uh you know it's fascinating uh the politics in bcci and uh it's just wonderful so my recommendation would be associated with this today but uh, i think uh, lalan top has done a wonderful one hour segment on uh, the whole bcci politics and how uh, how ganguly was basically ousted uh, and they basically it's a one hour segment in their show called neta nagri so i would recommend you that that's my i'm giving it away up top that go watch it it's it's super interesting you know you have people like uh, sharad pawar jagmohan dalmia who headed this board and what it is today how it typically runs so they go into a lot of it lot of the day and they have some really good uh, journalists who are involved closely with cricket so with that being said yeah it's it's a lot of politics it's more to do with politics and sport that was my understanding after that and uh, well you know uh, our politicians run our sport so <laughs> uh, that's that's what you expect but with that being said another thing that uh, that did come out uh, in the couple of past couple of days i think uh, or 6 hours ago was times of india reported that india won't be going to the 2023 asia cup in pakistan so jesha yeah. came out saying that uh, india won't travel to pakistan um, of course it had to be jesha uh, speaking out uh, about india in pakistan or india not going to pakistan he has to be involved in the politics of this of course of course so i mean i i to to be very honest i don't know too much of the detail of uh, you know why he spoke or whatever but um, times of india has carried these headlines and i think it's pretty official right now so i understand why india might not go to pakistan but um, being a sports fan damn i would love to go to their home and beat them like there's nothing more satisfying in sport than going to the opponent's home and beating them so i think that's uh, uh, that's a missed opportunity no i'm i'm just i was talking jaysha had to make that statement on his behalf and uh, not just a statement out by the bcci because he's the son of amit shah and who belongs to the bjp and the whole nationalistic politics comes into play that that was my only limited point there. yeah 
it's uh, I, yeah no i i see your point uh, but i see i see it as uh, uh, sad but i do understand why you wouldn't want to play with a nation that you don't have friendly relationships with but you know yeah. our, our two countries have had times where we used cricket for peace so sport does play a greater role and uh, yeah in my opinion lost opportunity but you know hey uh we don't make the calls yeah so i think he's is he's called for uh, the tournament to be organized at a neutral venue so we'll see what happens it is going to be the might of the bcci versus everybody else when it comes to matters like these so i'm guessing it will be uae and dubai again for the 2023 asia cup i won't be surprised if bcci can pull it off so yeah i'm not betting against yeah. them they they huge in cricket yeah so so yeah but that's uh, that's cricket for us yeah. right so uh, do you have anything more to add that's pretty much it for cricket uh, we'll do, we'll talk more about the t20 world cup once we get to it but let's talk about formula 1 aniket because we have a uh repeat champion yeah uh the second time world champion so max verstappen uh won at suzuka which is uh the japanese grand prix and uh it was uh, great for them cuz uh a it's uh they power they powered by honda which is so japan is home for honda and then again you don't take it away take anything away from max verstappen who i think has 353 points to uh, take the championship and i think he's a good 100 points above the next who sergio perez and sergio perez is i think 266 or something 253 253 okay oh max is 366 yeah. i think and uh, sergio Correct. is to 53 and charles is one point behind him if i'm not wrong so yes. well it's officially done for everyone else so it's uh, max i think now he's going to drive with a cigar in his mouth uh, like is <laughs> nothing more to uh, yeah fight for but you know max is a champion i, I said with a pinch take it with a pinch of salt but he's going to he's going to come out and the fun thing is that uh, the next race which is this weekend is in Austin Texas so where you are currently staying that's right it's in the circuit of the americas with that being said the bummer is that i will not be going to watch the grand prix live because i could we did try to get those tickets last year we it's did try just, we couldn't get any we failed so i'll watch it at home but we should change that gotham next year because uh, i think there are three circuits in america in, in the us Absolutely. next year so there's miami there's vegas and now there's austin uh, so Dude, i'd rather go to austin i'm not going to vegas or miami and and just burn in that heat and i'd rather prefer austin it's more com- com- comfortable i think i'll host you so we'll, oh, yeah, there you we'll, go. <laughs> it'll be a good thing so yeah it'll be fun but with that being said that's not the only thing that happened like you know it was uh, So uh, uh, Charles Leclerc finished second actually, and then was given a five-second penalty because uh, in the final uh, he did what is he gained position illegally, technically, which is fair. And then he was pushed to uh, P3. That's when I think Max won the uh, world championship. So it was very uh, how do you say what is the word anticlimactic? Anticlimactic. Yes, that was the word. It was very anticlimactic his win because you're not sure until a decision comes out and stuff. And then he was like, oh yeah, the world champion. Max was tapping so we'll play that uh, audio but I'm not so <laughs> what okay thank you but I'm not no you are. I am yes, yes you are yes you are yes, you sure yes. <laughs> cuz people keep telling me <laughs> well he's smiling now <laughs> he wasn't sure we certainly weren't sure The regulations weren't completely clear but because the race 
resumed, even though it didn't go to full distance. Because the race resumed after a red flag, full points could be awarded. And that's the key, it's the resumption. And uh, basically, that's what that was it. And uh, it's also, let's not forget, it's also called um, the silly season in F1 right now because the driver market is going crazy. And yeah. What's happened is Pierre Gasly has signed for Alpine. So he's going to be leaving Alpha Tauri. So he has, he's been uh, in the Red Bull uh, school, if you may, or the academy. Right, so he's come through what was previously called Toro Rosso or Alpha Tori now, and then he held a seat at Red Bull Racing, and then was sent back. And finally, Alpine have decided to sign a French driver, so they'll have an all-French lineup: Esteban Ocon. They're a French company, and then Pierre Gasly. And what's interesting is now Nick Devries, who drove for Williams, I think, uh, in the Singapore Grand Prix or the one before it, uh, who basically is now signs for Alpha Tori. So he's replacing and uh, obviously Daniel Ricciardo seems to be out of a seat. So for... To and his I don't think he seems to be able to find a team right now. Yeah, he yeah he won't because Oscar Piastri is replacing him at McLaren. So that's confirmed. Uh, there was a l big saga that happened. I think we did talk about it as well in one of the episodes as to what's happening with Oscar Piastri. Because he was an Alpine driver and then, you know, he jumped ship. So uh, it sent waves all around. Uh, but hey... Uh, it's surprising though. I mean, do you do you have uh, thoughts on Daniel Ricciardo not being on the grid next uh, year? Like, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I think he's overrated, for lack of a better word. I don't know if uh, producer Lippi likes me saying it, but I I feel like he's a bit overrated. Uh, his car he came in with a lot of pomp. He did have a podium uh, against all odds. Uh, he won a race against all odds. I think uh, he's seen. He was seen as this very talented driver, but. As far as delivery goes, he hasn't delivered much in the way of results. So, uh, who who is his who is his teammate right now? It's Landon it's Norris. Ocon, right? It's Landon uh, Norris. Landon Norris. Yeah. So it's Landon Norris. So if you just compare both of them to see how uh, he how both of them performed, I think it's chalk and cheese. Now you can say they're different cars. Every every driver is different and all of that. But I think for sure uh, he has underachieved. Uh, there's, I'm assuming there's also a reason nobody else wants him because if he is that talented, other teams would have been vying to get him onto their team. But but I don't see any clamoring for him. So I'm not sure exactly why nobody is trying to get hold of him, which think, tells I you, think, I think... Sorry for interjecting. So I think there's a solid reason why nobody wants him because he's on a mega contract right now. So, you know, okay. not every team can afford him. But let's go to Lippi and ask her... Uh, thoughts get her thoughts on uh daniel ricardo not being on the grid next year yeah i think uh, when the whole rumor started i think that was the time i did realize he'll not get a seat because i was just you know calculating like because no one's gonna leave mclaren for uh williams or alpha tori so and anyway because uh alpine was gonna sign uh oscar because they had like uh been working with him for a year now they so, also like French guys. Yeah. But Oscar yeah. Piastri is Australian though. Yeah. Is, but, is he? Yeah. Yeah, he he's is. Australian. He's the other yeah. He's, yeah. He's, so an Australian replaces an Australian. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. no harm, no foul. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not shocked per se. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not okay with it, I guess. No, I think, so, uh, Aniket says co uh, his contract is so huge that Nobody is no no other team wants to pick it up. But this also tells you that the other teams also find him not 
as talented as his contract no, so says. So he's he very object. Okay, so he's he's I think uh, he's a certified race winner. So he's won races with Red Bull. Uh, he's won. He's got I think uh, Renault, which is now Alpine, their first podium in about a decade. So he got two podiums with Alpine, and then he obviously won with McLaren. So I wouldn't say he's. Uh, under he's uh, overrated definitely he's not he's a good driver he's a race winner but he's doing himself no favors by uh, the performances he's putting up right now let's put it that way and obviously it's a well known fact that their car does not drive to his style but hey um, i think even uh, it's very obvious that it's not even designed to land on norris's style so but land norris is right. clearly outperforming him who's basically a 21 year old kid you know so he's uh, his performances are doing him no favor and i think what gets really uh, tricky in his in this particular situation is that a he's on a big contract so b is i don't know if he wants to he he typically would want to race for a you know winning team like he he's raced for alpine if not a winning team a chance where you have podiums so he's not going to go and drive for Haas and like Lippy said Williams right now because you know you're just you know you're fighting for uh, you know a point every race maybe if it's a very good race uh, more than one point in in Williams case even on a good race it's a one point so i the thing is that's where it gets challenging is that not every team can offer him what he wants so he's a race winner he expects uh, to unless he's ready to you know give up his quest for uh you know fighting for the top places that changes everything then you know then there is space uh, for him at Haas even though i think it's rumored that nico hulkenberg would go get there but uh yeah so it's 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 a it's muddled the, the problem is but, it's muddled but if he, if his expectation is that he has to get get onto a good team or always look at winning races what other options does he have he can't go to ferrari at this stage he can't go drive for mercedes or red bull uh so he has to be uh in contention for one of the um mid table teams i don't think so, any mid table teams are interested so would you rather uh, be completely out of the circuit or would you drive on one of the lesser teams to prove your worth so the, that's a good question actually and uh yeah that that's that's the question in front of ricardo right now actually is like how badly he wants the f1 seat like does he take a break and come back after which uh, at his age is not the best thing to do because you have such a wonderful lineup of uh, young f1 drivers coming in you know and any team would want to uh, you know sign for the future you know you don't want to sign uh, well you don't say you don't want to because fernando alonso has shown us that uh, you can come back and uh, that that brings me to the point that alpine was one of the teams that he could have gone to because they have a car that can actually that that's actually doing pretty well uh, that was ahead of mclaren as well so but the 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 unfortunate thing was he left renault which was which is now alpine and he broke their broke contract with them and so it's a messed up situation to be in like and um, obviously i don't think um, I don't think Renault needed him or Alpine needed him that badly where they would be like, okay, Ricardo, come back and drive for us because uh, Ocon's doing a decent job. Pierre Gasly is the race winner again. He's won. He's been shown to be a good drive. Have I a good the, drive. There was, there was a trust that was broken there too. Yeah. That's not... So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's a messed up situation and you can point this all to start from Drive to Survive Season 1. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. Um, uh, 33 years old, 
Daniel Ricardo. Uh, Lippi, I think he is a wasted talent at this stage. What do you think? Oh, that's a strong statement. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I think he's a good. I won't. I think he's a good driver. He has gone like he has done some really good races. I think he's he. I think he's just made really bad decisions with. uh teams i would say like he's not thought them through or i don't know he's just run out after the big contracts that he got but he's just made some after red bull back to back he just made some bad decisions leaving red bull leaving alpine or renault you know i think he i think did, I, think I, I mean i'm i can't talk for daniel ricardo but from my perspective he ran away from a fight with max verstappen so that's where it all started uh but then hey you can't take it away that he got reno their podiums and stuff but uh you know i'd contest the only thing i'd contest in your statement is uh he's wasted uh clearly i mean you should uh maybe another recommendation but nico rosberg has a podcast and he interviews and he he and daniel ricardo have raced together so nico rosberg in that tells that whenever he saw ricardo and he's called the honey badger for his overtaking style right so for his driving style and whenever he saw ricardo on his rearview mirror he would you know worry because he can again uh, this is one of the sports where your machinery sometimes you know uh, dictates how you actually drive and uh, daniel ricardo is doing himself no favors by the way he's driving right now so yeah i won't be surprised uh, if he if he's going to be off the grid for 2023 but maybe this is the last we see of him the just the way things are lining up i hope not but he's maybe. going to yeah if he's out of the circuit he's going to be 34 35 uh, the season after so who's going to get him to be one of the two drivers he's probably going to be a test driver of some kind so i think nico rosberg was being a little nice honestly <laughs> he, he got him on his podcast what is he going to say abuse him no he's not going to do that he's just being nice <laughs> like we are to our guests yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so we we tend to be nice so no uh, yeah it was probably a provocative statement but i think he hasn't my thing is i don't think he's achieved anywhere close to his potential for sure i mean with the experience he had yeah for experience he had everyone assumed that he would actually dominate lando norris turns out uh, lando norris has taken him to the cleaners so it's yeah. like there's just too vast a difference for you know yeah. uh, what you would call a newcomer i mean he's a newcomer he's two seasons into mclaren two or three maybe but still ricardo is much more vastly experienced and i and to be yeah. very honest the only podium he got the first place he got was because mclaren told lando to calm down and just sit behind so uh, you you we must address that as well but yeah but lippy i'd like to get your thoughts on uh, max verstappen winning the title so i mean i can't deny he deserved winning of course this season yeah. he dominated really bad and uh, it was i mean it, it would i although i really wanted it to like happen a little bit later so you know if still it would have been fun but uh, i mean and i i do feel one thing that if if charles did get that 5 seconds uh, uh penalty then i do think that checo should have also gotten a longer penalty in the previous uh, race in singapore yeah. i think i i call it yeah. that that time in that race like checo got lucky there so yeah no i'm with you on that but yeah i mean uh, it's uh, time ferrari uh, you know tire puller should get their act together like their Uh, Charles What a waste idea for Ferrari, man. By yeah, the way, yeah, but I think like it's it's like it was just a matter of time for Max to like. Yeah, I mean, 
Whom are we kidding? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But but I think Ferrari should have given a much tougher fight. That that was I think in my mind because they had the car, they yeah. had the car to get it done. So at least it w- would have been they would should have made it closer than Max Verstappen winning it this early, which makes the rest of the season boring. I just only Lippi. I just hope that this won't be a start of another like an era of Verstappen, just like era of Schumacher and Hamilton, because that just get little monotonous. It takes yeah. a drama out. Because how exciting was last year, man? So I hope we get a better car from Mercedes next year. I hope Ferrari improves on this and makes sound tactical decisions. That's the thing, right? Like next year we'll have a great. I'm pretty sure there'll be a great car from Mercedes because I'm sure yeah. they'll learn from this year. and i think ferrari lost a really good chance of winning the world championship because if next year mercedes is going to come back with a really good car yeah and as we talked last episode you put hamilton in a decent driving car and that guy is just going to put mercedes back into its place so yeah and uh, it was a great year for ferrari to uh, try and win the championship i think and they had it they lost it yeah and for yeah, exactly. the record uh, i'm a ferrari fan but if i had to put my money i'd put on mercedes next season giving a fight to ferrari uh, just the way it is so uh, some fun stats some fun stats basically charles leclerc had 18 polls and five wins from 18 polls so you can see where the story is and let's not forget he is he is definitely capable of a you know world championship just the way he drives he, i think he uh, whenever he got the opportunity he pushed max uh, to where it was but the ferrari as the whole team i'm like tumse na ho payega like i mean it, i i hope i hope it changes i hope i'm wrong i i i want ferrari to win as bad as i want but just the way it's set up i'm like nah not happening yeah i think what is stressing interesting right now is uh, um, i mean the whole drama around it i just love twitter for that is a uh, red bull facing investigations for 2021 yeah <laughs> that's still ongoing yeah yeah i am just loving all the memes and drama on twitter right now about it it's it's, it's really funny like everyone should go and you know check out those memes and everything it's it's very funny actually how because i think uh, i also do believe that uh, christian honor should be like given a little bit of media prep from his team People really don't think he. I don't. I don't think it works though for him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's being prepped or not because sometimes he just says really uh, bizarre stuff, and it's 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 amazing. And uh, the and the first time I've seen, uh, I mean, Toto has always been very you know he pushes really bad when it comes to all these investigation and everything. But for the first time, I've seen Benotto pushing it so hard, like. You know, I mean that's that's what you can do, right? Throw everything you have because <laughs> I mean there is, uh, I mean there's no hope for constructors championship also, uh, for Ferrari, but I mean this is what teams do, like you know you throw everything and let let's be more clear. I think uh, I think we're talking about the uh, spending cap, right? That uh, yeah, yeah. Red yeah, Bull has been, uh, so they have basically overspent. I think which is they've overspent uh, about five percent of their. Uh, total amount that they are allowed to and there's investigations going on even uh, i think aston martin was uh, caught for a procedural yeah. a procedural yeah. uh, i don't know the word but improper or whatever uh, faults that is that are there didn't didn't uh, hamilton come out and say that uh, uh, the same thing about red bull and he i think he said uh, oh, the amount of the number of upgrades we see on red bull car is not even close to another number of upgrades yeah. we get and uh, it didn't 
he said i think he said i don't know how it's even possible to have so many upgrades so it is i mean there is an investigation uh typically uh, it's good to see what will come out of the investigation but you know uh, formula 1 fia is like uh, wwe like you know yeah. uh, they just touched i mean i still remember even though i'm a ferrari fan ferrari i think in 2020 before the pandemic happened there was they had this blazing engine uh and then you know charles Nine, and 19 i think 19 yeah so yeah. that this engine which was something they did something fishy they did and then they were caught by the fia and you won't believe fia and ferrari just had like a settlement within i'm like are you i'm a ferrari fan but i'm like are you kidding there has to be some level of transparency and then you could see immediately after this was penalty was imposed on them you could see that the car was nowhere you know so they were clearly yeah. doing something uh, with their engine there and uh yeah i mean i was out of the news also it was very well you know like it was uh, hush hush yeah and it was yeah that that so even i mean with and but i think it's a little bit i don't know if it's a too much or not but i think toto asking for a 2021 championship being resolved is a little Do much. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. What has happened has happened. There's no way anybody is going to take the title away from anybody. That's that's that, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Not with FIA. Not get future penalty points. Yeah. Maybe that is maybe a possibility. That's a big maybe. But there's no way they're going to rewrite history. It's interesting yeah. what what will come out of this season also because there were talks about you know drivers getting penalties for this and point losses and stuff. So we don't know what's going to happen. That's all speculation at this point. But if that happens. you know with four races to go i'm not more saying we will but you know yeah there is more drama and well fi is not new to drama so uh, let's i see. mean fi's decision last of uh, 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 the last race not last uh, last race in suzuka and instead of investigating the whole uh, uh, crane situation giving penalty to pierre was seriously uh, Oh, we should I mean, we should talk about that, guys. So, yeah. Uh, uh, just to give context to the listeners, what happened? So, uh, start of the race, there it was pouring, right? And uh, a lot of guys, uh, like it was bad. Like you could see when you fall in the race, you you couldn't see Charles Leclerc trailing Max Verstappen because he was just in his wake. You know, water spraying all over, and Carlos Sainz went off. I think uh, uh, Joe Guan Yu went off. uh in the race carlos sense crashed and in this what happened was uh pierre gasly had i think a fin of some car hanging in the front of him and he's like i can't see and there basically uh he came out very openly and said it's not safe conditions to drive i think very fairly he said that and then as lippy said i think he was given uh, do you know what was a what happened with him he was he given a penalty or something Yeah, so he was given a penalty because FIA said that he uh, was uh, speeding when there was a yellow flag. He missed, the, and I think the so the, the whole thing is, I mean, a it the conditions were so bad that you couldn't see anything. Like even uh, you know we couldn't see anything. I can't imagine what they were seeing. I don't know. In in that situation, he might have even if he missed the, uh, you know the yellow flag, but. but the bigger question was why was the fia not investigating that so when he was coming out when science went off i think to pick up science's car there was a crane on the grid yeah 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 and that that part was like you know because you couldn't see anything it was it was a really dangerous i mean you could have just put a red flag and then asked everyone to pit and then you could have gotten science's car out but in that condition you are you know putting the crane or the grid and it was a really big i mean it was quite dangerous it could have gone really bad yeah and yeah. 
instead of FIA investigating that, it was really bizarre for them to just give a penalty to Pierre Gasly and not own up to what they did. So I, I think so much of this stuff, not just this, but just uh, from a big picture point of view, so much of uh, the stuff like this is taken for granted in F1, man. It's like, yeah, it happened. It's 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 done. Now that it's done, it's over. Let's get let's move on. It's so much of it is like that. I think the mentality, the culture is has seeped in that way. Then the more I talk about it, like the more it annoys me. Like last year after the final, I was, after the final race, I was basically like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to watch F1. This is WWE. Like you're, you're scripting things for Netflix and shit like that. You know, this is, I mean, it's a bad comparison, but that's, that's as well as I can do. It's right always now. been like that though. Yeah. So exactly. And uh, the more you see, the more blatant it is, which is uh, really sad. And especially when a driver comes out and talks, you, you got to at least consider the safety of uh, a person who's putting his life out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and especially the when there has been already a incident regarding that, and I mean, uh, even uh, so, I think the last the because of the crane, the last time it was Jules Bianchi who yeah. lost his life. Yeah, and his father also came out and tweeted about it that clearly my son's uh, death meant nothing because like it's still the same thing all over again. So it was really. Yeah, and if we can, we'll play Piers. I think he mentions Jules Bianchi and all that. So, we'll play that yeah. audio as well. So, that, that'll be uh, just to set the record straight uh, of what he said. But yeah. You know, we, we've we all lost a very good friend of us uh, eight years ago. Uh, I think we all love Jules. We all suffered a lot uh, with the accident that happened. And I just don't understand why... Eight years later, we need to see a tractor on this track in these conditions. It's, we are risking our life out there. We give our best. But I just don't understand why we didn't wait one more minute to put the tractors out there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I obviously got very scared. Carlos lost the car. They left the previous lap in that exact same place. There wasn't any information that the tractors was, wasn't in the gravel. It was on the racing line. And I passed next to it at 200 kph, and obviously I saw that if I lose a car at that time, once I realized, then I would not be standing here. You know, today I'm just extremely grateful I'll be able to call my family and my loved ones because the outcome could have been way more tragic. And you know, I, I don't think it's respectful towards Jules and all his family and all of us that suffered from uh, from his loss. And uh, it, I think it's it it was unnecessary to to put to put this tractor out there and obviously got uh, extremely extremely scared and uh, yeah I think we we could have dealt with this situation in a slightly different way and that's what we we've been asking since his crash not to see any tractors on the racetrack and just you know uh, wait for us to get back in the pit lane in this sort of situation. But I I think this is as much of Formula One we're going to talk about this season. Uh, I think I don't think you're going to talk about this as much unless something really dramatic happens. Uh, you know, I don't never foresee say anything never dramatic happens in sport. I never know, say never, <laughs> but yeah, especially <laughs> with Formula One because everybody's so like yeah. ultra ultra competitive. Anything could happen, but we'll see what happens. But at this stage, um, actually, what's funny to me now is uh, uh, Toto Wolf's. Uh, do you remember uh, last year, last season's Drive to Survive at the very end? He says, "Oh, better watch out for us. We are we are coming or stuff like that." And then it just goes to uh, fades out to black. Uh, didn't happen. Didn't happen this season, Toto. Sorry, 
that will probably happen yeah, next but, season. Well, you, you should... This time, they're not should, even contention. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of changes and stuff. But again, I'd say never count Mercedes out. I mean, they're seven times no. world champions. Just, just for this year, year I think yeah. they were just yeah. they were just not in it. But let's see. They oh, were... Good. It got, it, it got uh, as a lot of drama and Mercedes not being the dominating one yeah. again. Otherwise, True. it would have been the same thing all over again. Yeah. As well as Red Bull. So, it was nice to see other teams for a change. Yeah, Ferrari. You know, yeah. <laughs> come and throw their rank in the race like for about four races. Like, oh, we are still existing, but yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah, it was nice to see Ferrari after a really long time because I don't know, something tells me next year it's again going to be Red Bull and Mercedes. So. Something tells me to Lippy. <laughs> we should introspect <laughs> as fans. We should introspect. What are we doing with Ferrari? Oh, my friends keep on telling me like it's you know you still have time. You can just move on. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's fine. No one will know. <laughs> no one will know. That's true. But if there's one, yeah. But never change loyalties. Just stick <laughs> with it. That, that's Too thick that, and thin. That's the tragedy. You can change a lot of things in life. Uh, changing a sport team is very hard and very rare yeah. to come by. You very rarely see people change teams. Uh, but yeah. Well, I think it probably ends with uh, uh, millennials. Uh, because you and me are millennials, Aniket. Well, Lippy is kind of a millennial too, aren't you, Lippy? Oh, oh god, I hate. Oh, you're on the border. <laughs> I am actually, uh, uh, I'm actually a Gen Z, but uh, get out. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I think no. But I do I, believe I, that because the pop culture in India came so late, so I am a millennial. I do believe that. that that's probably true. Uh, but I think what I see among the the new generation of people is they are not driven by sports teams anymore. They are driven by individuals, right? If if it if 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 they follow Verstappen and tomorrow if he's going to switch sides to Ferrari, they're still they're going to support Ferrari and not Red Bull anymore. As an example, you see that all the time in. Uh, uh, in 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 like sports stuff, right? If you are a Messi fan, you are now a PSG fan. You were a Barcelona fan true. before. Now you are a Paris. Now I'm not I'm not talking to you, Anika. I'm just talking about the new new generation of folks who are more individual driven with the advent of yeah, social you're media. You're going to get a lot of uh, you're going to get a lot of you know uh, fight back for that. There's a sweeping statement to make, but it's your observation. No, so. I think <laughs> people who do that, the, yeah. the newer new the newer generation of people, people do tend to do that. I think it's very weak-minded and fickle of them <laughs> to switch sports teams' loyalties, but that's just me. <laughs> ah, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I know I'm being a little judgmental, but but uh, hey, yeah, but yeah. For this time, we'll see. Hopefully, next year brings out more competition uh, next season. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let us move on to uh, other sports. Uh, uh, as we speak, the new season of the NBA is underway. I'm really excited about it. Uh, the Warriors are the defending champions, but the, there are a host number of other teams that are uh, looking to uh, uh, looking to contest for a title. So we'll see what happens. Um, uh, the Boston Celtics, who made the finals last year, do start out as the favorites. I think they are the they are the bookmakers' favorite right really? now. Really? So we'll so see. We'll see. Yeah, why, I think why, why are they the favorite? The I'm, I'm I'm not following this closely, but why are uh, they the favorites? Like, uh because they were really really good last from the second half of the season last year. Uh, they have a really good young star in Jason Tatum, who is at the peak of his yes. 
powers right now they have a, a all around great defensive unit they have a lot of guys who can switch on to number of people you know switchability is a very key thing in the nba right now they have a lot of 6 uh, foot 6 to 6 foot 9 6 foot six foot nine guys who can easily switch to another player so there's they're a, a matchup nightmare to other teams um, their coach got suspended recently because of a huge sex scandal now uh, that is that is seen as a bit of an issue but the bookmakers so, uh, clearly didn't see suspended by the nba or suspended by the team they're like, suspended by the by team, the team. Oh, okay because, because he, was he was apparently having uh an affair with an employee that it is just a whole another convoluted complicated thing that uh is too much to discuss right now uh so uh so yeah the celtics are seen as the f- the favorites but then i don't think they are the standout favorites because there are other teams in the fray as well uh but yeah as the season goes along uh, i'll uh, we'll give you we'll give the listeners a few updates tidbits here and there uh, as something dramatic happens but it is ring night because whenever the opening night happens the the different no, the team that won last year is presented with their championship rings so steph curry clay thompson raymond green and all these guys got their fourth ring which is quite cool so i have a leading question to ask you uh what are your takes on uh, lakers and james uh what do you think would happen so the, is, is there the something written Lakers, for them this season or yeah they have nothing written for them i think this year all of all of their fortunes are going to hinge not with lebron james because he's going to be the lebron james he's going to be good but all of their uh, fortunes hinge on anthony davis who's their second superstar on the team uh now he's the guy uh, who came in uh, after lebron james moved to the lakers because he was seen as this amazing guy who is he's is close to 7 feet tall he plays the center position he plays the number 4 position which is just off of the center position um he's a guy who is tall he's a great defender seen as a great offensive player but he's a guy who gets injured quite often now he's delivered them a title with lebron james which is good but all of the title hopes hinge on him because the rest of the roster russell westbrook who is this other quote unquote superstar um uh, he's not he's he's not uh the guy anymore so and they have a lot of guys who are just older and they just don't make to they don't seem to make sense on the team so if they make it to the playoffs i think that's a big enough achievement at this season they're not going to win the title yeah i'm still finding my by the way i mean for the record like i used to be a lakers fan only because uh, i i saw so many documentaries of you know the 3p and uh, yeah. kobe yeah. and yeah so i used to be a lakers fan but i'm still on the hunt for my my team in the nba i have I haven't found uh my team yet i would say but yeah i look forward to that obviously i'm a big fan of yanis antetokounmpo as well but then you know hey it's him not the team exactly so yeah and and you spoke about yanis the milwaukee bucks are going to be one of the favorites to make it to the finals and win the title this year too so uh exciting stuff i'm for sure excited uh my chicago bulls are not going to be as good as last year so we'll see what happens there if they, again if why they make the playoffs i'll be can you tell us more why, do, why nah, do they don't they have a decent team but the one of their, uh, their their point guard lonzo ball got injured and in one of his interviews he said ah uh, he doesn't even have an idea when he's going to come back because the stuff he said he said he couldn't even uh, walk up the stairs he couldn't even do that in his house so that was very worrying to see and if you lose one of your uh, mainstays on the starting lineup it's not going to augur well for your team so 
I don't have a lot of hopes on them this year, at least for the title. If they make the playoffs, I'll be okay. Uh, so yeah, as I said, um, there's going to be a lot of teams in the fray looking to win the title. There are a lot of teams that are going to keep tanking or lose deliberately to get up in the draft for next year because there are there is this one kid from France, Aniket, that I'm going to show you later on. Okay. Uh, his name is Victor Benbanyama, who like the whole league is raving. He's not even I think he's 18 or 19. and he played uh, some warm up exhibition games just before the season started and the, all the scouts all the teams were just salivating looking at him so he's seen to be the next big deal uh since lebron james so we'll see what happens next year he's a french kid who's playing in france for a professional club no pressure dude <laughs> i, I know. you're being compared so, to lebron yeah. james no pressure yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah we'll see what happens but i think uh we should move on to football at this stage because the, otherwise it'll just me be ram- rambling and so on so let's talk about uh, uh Actually, the premier league like, one Aniket, of my recommendations uh, this time would be with basketball so i'll tell you when it comes but yeah awesome. awesome i think you might steal one of my recommendations is is i think that's what's going to happen but we'll see <laughs> um let's move on to football I know you uh, were very excited about uh, the Premier League uh, action that happened I think specifically concerned about uh, Liverpool versus Man City that was an exciting game man and and the reason I was uh, uh, excited to talk about it was because uh, it it takes us back to our previous episode or one of the uh, or maybe an earlier one where you asked this uh, famous question how do you stop Haaland right and i yeah, think yeah. liverpool have shown us how do you do it so it was uh, pretty how, interesting how do you think they did it? so it was it was a 1-0 win just to give context uh, to the listeners like liverpool won 1-0 and uh, basically uh, they beat city uh, what in what i would say in a very tactical game so it was uh, it was tactically uh, wonderful from jurgen klopp and pep guardiola you can say any other things he tried to switch a lot of things up so uh, you know you can say he overthought it or whatever but jurgen klopp did some wonderful moves so one thing was that he did he did yeah. play trent alexander arnold who is a wonderful player but has been getting a lot of uh, you know uh, i don't know pushback for his defensive performances so he played james milner instead and well they are uh, most hala scored they only gave a goal of the game uh, and uh, liverpool won uh, in and obviously uh, i think no one is surprised when you say city had about 63 64% of the possession of the game but liverpool uh, kept them rel- relatively quiet especially erling haaland um so the yeah uh, trent alexander haaland has been in the new uh, arnold has been in the news because uh of his performances and also the world cup is around the corner so there is that and he he was seen there's a lot of debate around uh, who's the, who the starting right back needs to be for england and i don't think he's even going to make the squad this time he's not going to go to qatar i don't think but oh, no uh, i think i think so he was left out i think that's a very i mean uh, the, see, okay there's no doubt first uh is he the best defender no but i think he's a still a phenomenal offensive player and the question is would you play him in in an offensive position that's that that, that that's a question would you change his role because clearly um, klopp played milner and it it really worked out right you, you it shows exactly. it shows uh, what what happened uh, and let's not forget milner is milner is a beast but on you know on the uh, uh, the latter half of his career he's an old guy who 
well old is a strong word but i think it's 34 if i'm not wrong I no i say that from an england Engl- from an england national side point of view i say that because there are just better players than him out there there's kyle walker yeah. there's reese james there's kiran trippier who are i think better than him at this stage so yeah if you can say he's an uh, trent alexander allen is a great offensive threat but so is reese james and so is kyle walker and so is kiran trippier on free kicks and stuff so I'd, everybody I'd gives you different james, stuff yeah. but yeah but when you compare to james miller i i completely agree yeah no so yeah and basically that's that's kind of what klopp did finally i think he bit the bullet on the tactical move it paid off erling haaland didn't score So coming back to your question on uh, yeah. do you want to address it or you want me to address it on how they stopped No go ahead how do you think they stopped stop? So again it was it was tactics right so uh, one thing that was pretty obvious was a Liverpool was sharp right so you saw uh, who's their uh, second center back who played with Van Dijk uh, was it uh, Gomez yeah right yeah, Joe, it was Gomez Joe yes. Gomez right so you could see that typically uh uh so what we call uh, erling haaland likes playing um, you know on line with the with the defenders always making those runs so uh, what i what i observed was basically that uh, devan dyke and jogo mays always stayed 3 4 yards behind him you know always making him uh, make those runs towards them uh you know keeping that distance was one thing that you know clearly worked for them and then they were always in positions where he would want to be basically So when you keep that distance you can actually cover uh, potential places where he's going to be and then it's always it was always two on one so again we said you know i think we discussed earlier some uh, someone said that you know man marking does not work and uh, clearly so but they they played a very nice game and then yeah i mean obviously you can say that city's goal was uh, uh i think was it cancelo who dived in to try and get uh try and get the ball but couldn't and then it was a clear uh one on one for sala but with that great being, first touch though yeah yeah exactly and and well let's not forget sala is uh you know it's what he's best at yeah. so uh he was one on one he scored it and um, they did a really good job uh with that i did think pep got a couple of calls wrong but you know this is what it was it was a tactical game i think jurgen klopp won it and let's not forget it was at anfield so Yeah. Yeah. Uh it I think it was a this is a, this was a game that Liverpool had to win at any cost. This was a must win game for them because they are what 7th or 8th in the table right now. I don't yeah, think they're, they're contending this season. And let's not forget they're coming back from a loss from Arsenal I think the previous yeah. week did they did they play and Arsenal? United. They lost against United too before yeah. that. Okay. So yeah. it's been a bad season for them on the Premier League. The lot of uh stuff happening so yeah this was a must win game going in and they delivered and the place was just electric i thought yeah. i always say this my my barometer for how electric the atmosphere is is when the camera actually shakes when the camera is shaking <laughs> camera when you see that on the tv you know that the place is just buzzing so this is an excellent game yeah, the city did have uh, a a goal disallowed and rightly so uh, harlan i think was uh, clutching onto a shirt or pulling the shirt he tugged on so, yeah so that was definitely uh, something that was rightly disallowed uh, what do you make of uh, uh, this uh, i have i had a question on the google like as well what do you make of arsenal is this their year raniket i, I honestly it's too early for I'm me to say s- anything because i've seen these sites before christmas after christmas is when it typically falls apart for them well <laughs> let let's do you be believe honest. them this year let's be honest um, this is something i'm going to say that's very rarely said well arsenal are on top of the table right now at least in the past 4 years you've not heard this uh, come out that often so 
Arsenal around uh, with 10 games played uh, 27 points, 4 points ahead of Manchester City. Uh, they seem to be uh, a wonderful team. Like let's not take anything away from them. They uh, they won against Leeds 1-0. Uh, it was a hard-fought victory, so it was not uh, I think Leeds did a relatively decent job. Uh, Bamford missed a penalty. I think they were the better team, but yeah, yeah. exactly. So Ban Bamford missed a uh, penalty, uh, but you know, hey, this is how good teams are. Like when things don't click, you somehow you know get that one goal and uh, nudge your win through for yourself. They did exactly that. It was not surprised. Saka scored. He's a wonderful talent. I'm excited to see him for England. But Arsenal, I think they're doing the right things, Gotham. Like I, you know, again, I think I've tugged on that. Uh, <laughs> I've. made fun of the team for a very long time uh, you know ever since arsin wenger was there <laughs> so i'm not even uh, taking it easy even wenger was you know in his last few years he was made a lot of fun of for the way they are because i still remember once they celebrated the fourth spot like they won the champions league i think it was with spurs and this went uh, crazy so but it's good to see arteta putting in his philosophy it tells fans that it, good things take time again i already recommended uh, the uh, documentary on arsenal by amazon prime right all in or nothing it's so i i i really liked it i basically binged it so it was wonderful it's good to see uh, arteta's ideas work out for the first 10 games let's uh, say that it's it's going to be interesting to see because there's a lot that's going to happen there's a world cup that's going to be there they're going to come back and you know you can count on this is go- you can count on city yeah, to come back to and sorry anikit yeah. Go ahead. This is going to be an insane season scheduling wise. It's going to there's World Cup, there's Champions League, so many fixtures packed in. It's going to be crazy. Right. So and you can always count on, you know, teams like City, you you know them, they've done enough to know that they'll come back from the World Cup and they'll still be strong. I don't know what to make of Arsenal right now. They're doing really well. They they're showing promise. Uh do I want them to win the title? Uh, I don't know. But uh, I'm happy they're up there. Granit Xhaka has had Granit Xhaka has has had quite a turn around. Uh, he was this pariah all like or even up until couple of seasons ago, and now he's like the fulcrum of their team. Seriously, and you know, from being booed by the fans to abusing the fans, and you know, giving up his captaincy, and now being an integral part of the team, like you said, so it does talk a lot about him as a player. I think I think he's he's been a good uh, he's been. A, a good servant to the club yeah i think gabriel uh, jesus has been a great signing signing for them he just transformed their uh, the not i would not single handedly transform but just their offense has been so good with as you said saka as well bakayo saka has been awesome but uh, i think jesus has gives, has given them quite a good impetus uh, everything seems to be clicking for them right now but then it's a long long game and at the variable of the world cup in between so It's going to be a long break, so we'll see what happens on that front. But it's going to be at least what fifty day break at least from the Premier League, which is going to be insane. A um, lot of games coming up this week as well. There's midweek games, and then there's also the weekend games coming up. So, as I said, scheduling wise, it's going to be an a nightmare for the players. I hope nobody gets injured pretty badly. But you know that there are going to be some niggles and injuries here and there. Oh yeah, we're already seeing right. So Engolo Kante is ruled out of the World Cup. So. It sucks. sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Seriously, uh, it, it's very disappointing. Uh, and then who else is ruled out uh, for the World Cup? There, there. I, I had a 
list in my head i can't i can none of the names it'll come to me but a lot of uh, big players i think even ronald araho who plays for uruguay is a barcelona player i think he's ruled out uh, so yeah it sucks that this happens i think some of them happen even in friendly games and international games so yeah, yeah. it's tragic it's uh, tragic but uh, that is sport for you so what can yeah. we say um so the ballon d'or awards just got announced um benzema ended up winning it aniket i think quite deservingly so for the men's and um, it was alexis puteas who won for the women's uh, yeah. for and she plays for barcelona so it was interesting were you surprised benzema got it no, no not, not at all yeah not at all. i think uh, benzema i think has been the standout guy um i think it was lewandowski the year before him and for some weird reason they thought that they're not even going to go out and award because of the covid pandemic it didn't even make sense to me why why didn't they just announce the winner and then given him the ballon d'or later on so i think he was wrongfully not given the ballon d'or but he was the standout for me i just say that in context of uh, real madrid and barcelona right now because el clasico just happened real madrid ended up winning 3-1 Uh, what do you make of that game? I thought going in Barcelona would probably start as favorites. Oh really? I I didn't think so. I thought. Uh, yeah, I didn't think so and there are a couple of reasons why I didn't think so. A uh if you've seen us in the Champions League, we we are on a, I mean this month has been uh, what what you would call a season defining month for uh, Barcelona. So everything that we have uh, you know obviously we know, everyone knows we've spoken about it Barcelona in mild words pull a lot of levers to you know get the kind of players they have they've sold uh, what you call family silver in other words to try and get uh, lewandowski and uh, other players on rafinha and uh, it's not worked out because uh, we've not spoken about this we will because clearly we are almost out of the champions league like you need a miracle now to qualify which is two times in a row for a team like barcelona and if this happened any other year it would be okay but this year what's even more is because uh, barcelona have accounted for uh, going up to the quarter final so what's going to happen is i think you have a fort- roughly 30 40 million dollar loss of revenue from the uh, money that you get which is big like in terms of uh, in terms of what barcelona has been doing so when you especially when you've accounted for that to happen it's even worse because uh, hopefully not but a lot of pundits say that this is going to lead to you know a lot of book balancing again so it's a gamble they took uh, early on i think everyone knew what gamble they were taking and it didn't work and clearly um, you expected barcelona to show uh, more in, especially after last el clasico at bernabeu i think uh, we won 4-0 last time uh, it was a different scenario there was no benzema modric was playing up front So it was it was a different Real Madrid, but boy, Real Madrid really took it very well. I mean, they just won the game very convincingly. Uh, uh, I think uh, Barcelona had a lot of problems. Let me start my rant. So a we don't have our two uh, important center backs. So I think that's where we lost the game first. We have Eric Garcia who's playing for us, who is a great footballer, but not one of the best defenders in the world. And clearly, he's uh, I don't know how. I mean we are forced to pick him right now because we are Ronald Aro is injured we have uh, Christensen who's injured and then uh, even Jules Koundé is not there so we have three center backs who are gone and with that being said that's I, I, I still think Koundé did play did start though I thought no I don't think it was Koundé and Garcia. Garcia oh okay sorry 
I thought it was PK and Garcia. I think no, I think Kunde started. I thought okay, PK no, was on the bench. bench. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know. Anyway, but a lot of injuries on the defense. Yeah. He's definitely not the first choice. Yeah. <laughs> so we had. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, sorry. They did get Kunde. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, and then again, uh, he did say Javi tried some tactical. What I think people would have thought tactical mastermind was to. get frankie deong instead of gavi which i thought was a bollocks of a move like i mean in the sense that gavi brings energy and he's this kid who's like electric getting in tackles and stuff sergio busquets is old i mean like he's been a wonderful servant to this club he's served the club like none other he's taken a wage cut he's a legend but still like you've got to uh, let him go and i think the biggest problem is the way he plays like the idea is right now give the ball to the wings and see what osman dembele and rafinha can do and that does not work like clear i mean uh, it does not work in the sense that i i they're great players but i feel they're uh, very one dimensional you know in what they do they run cut back and uh, you could see i think even lewandowski was frustrated there was no delivery coming to him and there was the same cut back from osman dembele what a surprising was ansu fati came in so late and once he came in that the game changed so i guess it's only because of he's not properly fit that he's not being picked both for spain and uh, this thing and he's had a lot of injuries for a 17 year old i think he's 17 or 18 right now and that's he's already had three major injuries so i think they're trying to ease him in and not overwork him with all that being said we rightly lost and yeah season's going down and they don't have a they don't have a good enough team in that case right which which begs me to ask why did lewandowski make that move he was in a perfectly ideal situation over in munich at bayern munich so why did he make the move to barcelona oh no i was okay. he just bored to what did he just want to decide something different no so there are two things here a i think he made the right move <laughs> to barcelona sure the season is not going well but uh, at least barca need a player like him like you know after we've had messi yeah, for sure the kind from of lebanovski's point of view how does it make sense i think he wanted a new challenge i mean it is simple i think okay. his interview even the opening interview at the season for barcelona that was mainly what it was like he'd been in munich for i, I don't know in the german league for like with borussia dortmund and then with munich he'd won everything you could you know uh, with uh, yeah. uh, the team so and he wanted a new challenge and he said he, because even psg were by the way even psg tried to get uh, and that's where we come to the mbappe saga right so they tried to get M, uh, lewandowski and he rightfully chose one of the biggest clubs in the world barcelona so <laughs> i might say laughing when i say but you know yeah no no that makes sense if he's trying to explore or uh, explore new frontiers that's fine but i I don't know just he was I guess he was too comfortable in Munich I probably wanted to push himself to try something better I I can see how he can get bored in the Bundesliga because Bundesliga is not even a competition anymore so I feel like it's just been Munich 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 so I don't know I can see I can see how the I can see how he feels like he wants a new challenge but he spoke about Mbappe briefly lot of buzz going around lot of uh rumors going around about mbappe potentially leaving paris next uh, after the season or when his contract is up um i'm sure he has a lot of takers what do you make of the whole i don't want to call it a mess but psg is kind of a mess anyway at all times i think i mean let's rephrase it a- mbappe is a mess he's he's i used to really like that guy okay i genuinely liked him i thought he was an electric player 
but at this point he's just he still is. he's no at this point he's just not professional like i think he's 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 just not a he's just not being professional and i actually don't think there are many takers for him like to be very honest and let's talk about why why i say this and i say this responsibly because a you you, you use real madrid to first try and leverage a three, a 2 plus 1 year deal with psg right fair enough yeah. i would still hold the view that you've kind of pissed real madrid off by doing that cuz they could have got him for free now he came out saying he wants to leave in january so you don't expect real madrid to pay 200 million or whatever his price is for in a january the release clause yeah what yeah so release clause is in january when they could have got him for free and given him maybe a bigger contract right so a he's done that uh b he comes up and says oh i don't want to play you know uh, up top i want to be more like france i want to play that uh, number 9 position second striker you know put balls for giru well whom are you going to replace in real madrid i mean everyone says benzema like you have vinicius junior on one side you have rodrigo so you're going to go and play that same role again uh you know in real madrid so clearly it seems he'll go to madrid i have no doubt about it but it does not seem in the immediate future you know it seems a little bit more prolonged than what it is now the question is if not madrid who well there's chelsea they have money uh and uh, man, man city, city just got haland i don't think they want uh, and and what i think this is worry to see what's happening with mbappe is kind of worrying for any club at this point i think he's throwing tantrums right now i mean it's it's just uh, coming up you just signed 4 months back you said you believed in the project just 4 months back in the summer you said oh i am into this project you signed this mega 3 year deal and in 4 months you're like oh this project is not happening a did you think a project takes an year like what did you expect like and it's not like psg didn't try uh, they tried to get levandowski like i said they tried to sign strikers it didn't work out for various reasons man but are this kid is like i th- i think he's uh, he's just too big for that team they've let him grow too big for that team where to the point now i think one day he's going to sit up and make the first playing 11 roster it's come to that so it's sad to see that i i think players should uh he's such a talent i don't want him to be known for this i don't know uh, what it is but uh, i oh, also but, but he's he he's the thing though he's still supremely talented is still delivers on the field no. now he what is he complaining about that's my point i know what are you complaining I, about I but that's the whole that's the whole culture of psg if you look at neymar if you look at Mb- that's that's how they operate it's just everybody is a prima donna everybody is a diva on that team uh, don't don't say that to I messi. messi i get is, very offended i don't know messi is not messi is like changing his role he's doing so much differently i think he's, he's adapted yeah, yeah he's adapted he's playing a different game and you have messi and neymar feeding you balls like each of them taking away one one or two players and you have an open net that's every striker's dream like every forget striker every footballer's dream and you're here compa- complaining that you don't have what uh, you're not playing your favorite position come on everyone yeah. every football i i've played football at the lowest third grade level you can and you know that even at that level not everyone plays the position they want so yeah it's it's just uh, i think it's a big tantrum and again but i think in sports aniket uh, talent trumps everything uh, yeah sometimes as we spoke about on the top of the 
podcast about you know players being temperamental and players being treated differently now yeah psg might be fed up with him they'll still try to keep him for as long as they can and now and once it becomes once he snaps or he really wants to go they let him go for a huge price now would other teams want him heck yeah now they know they he's going to be temperamental they know he's going to be a bit unprofessional they they, they know he's going to be uh he's going to throw some tantrums here and there but do real madrid madrid still want him heck yeah do chelsea still want him yeah so yes he's unprofessional yes he might seem to be like like a, a frustration or a bit of a nuisance kind of guy but the the bottom line is that the teams are going to want him because he's going to deliver and win them titles be so good they can't ignore you and he's he's embodying that basically right he's yeah, good nobody exactly. i think at this point nobody says he's not a good player you know i think it's but it's going to be it's it's very different to play well for psg i think i yeah. even said this even though i stand corrected about haland when he came to the premier league like everyone knew he was a talent but you still have to show yourself and he, it again it's it's just been uh, 10 games he he's and he's shown how the first 10 games could be and we expect that it will carry on this way right i mean that's the expectation yeah. and he mbappe has to do it i also have a thing that it's maybe it has to do something i mean i'm just speculating here but to do with all the news haland's getting who's now gone to a, you know the called the toughest yeah. league in the world and just like taking the world by storm i think it has also got something to do with that like you know you <laughs> um because i wouldn't rule that out in the age of social media yeah I and i mean out. come on i mean all these guys are there because they they're not shy of saying i'm the best you know it's not none of them are modest and say oh no i don't want to be the best i just i'm playing no i think any top yeah, player they're at that stage, stage because yeah. they have huge egos yeah and they and i think everyone wants to stand up and say i am the bloody best so uh, and now i think it's coming to the point where uh, people i'm not saying they're questioning uh, mbappe but he had his first assist i think this weekend against marseille in in the full season so i mean it's again early on but he had his first assist otherwise he was being fed by neymar and uh, messi so yeah it's uh, you know in all of this i'm most happy that psg is in this mess i just as a, as as far as money and ethics go i know there are teams out there they're like shady uh, ownership everywhere but psg is just so blatant with throwing money around <laughs> and trying to win a title it's going to be a Uh, whenever they win the champions league title if and when that happens i don't know if it will happen i'm always pleasantly surprised or so happy whenever they crash out of the champions league every season but uh, i'm just so so happy that psg is in this whole mess it's been a mess from the beginning it is still a mess so i'm just happy that <laughs> for that psg is still uh, in this turmoil i'm just happy and they're going to win the league they're fine but they're not going to win the champions I mean, league i don't think this year I but mean, who knows if they don't win the league like come on like at this point if you don't win the french league then there is like something going on there uh, but with that exactly. being said it it also tells uh, the sporting world lesson like don't make your player a demigod like you know i think no player should be bought to that situation uh, especially with young kids nowadays this happens more often uh, but yeah well we'll see enough of a rant yeah it's uh, no mbappe is you know because he's such a great talent that's why you are that's why you're kind he's of frustrated by this he's a generation talent as rightly say right so one exactly. uh, one in a generation uh, but uh, with that let's uh, 
quickly wrap on it i one game i did want to talk about and we'll just be brief it was a barca inter game did you catch that for a neutral it was a wonderful i just watched the highlights so yeah. here's what happened i watched the game live just for the first half it was quite a boring game barcelona was up 1-0 the first half was boring so i just it was too late in the night so i just went to bed <laughs> i later got up and saw the score was 3-3 it ended up as a 3 3-3 draw so uh, it, it was turned out to be a, a quite an eventful second half it was a good game for the neutrals the fans pulled their hairs out uh, yeah. and uh, i think barca got i mean being honest got lucky for like, sure uh, the way it ended up they were even lucky to be in the champions league right now you know there's still a mathematical chance i think that i think and it's owed to lewandowski i think uh, well that's pretty good so that's it is what it is i yeah. mean uh, when you don't play you don't deserve what you get so yeah either way i'm you know i know we talk about we talk about champions league we talk about the premier leagues and so on i'm still i just can't wait for the world cup to start oh, i'm yeah. just so excited i know we have our moral quandaries and dilemmas that it's in qatar and so on but man i'm so looking for I, i just love the world cup exactly and okay uh, so what's your team in the world cup i've never asked you this before oh i don't know yet I, I, my my heart is always with belgium i think uh, they are they have the golden generation this is probably their last chance for the golden generation to win it all uh, just because of de bruyne i think i just i'll just go belgium at this point Okay, I mean it's uh, it's not a bad team to put your money on. So I just love it. I it's just a heart of a mind pick for now. I think France is still going to be great, uh, but Belgium I hope win it all. Really, I know there are a lot of uh, uh, all gonna... those all the Messi fans will say Argentina because it's this last thing and all of that. But yeah, I don't see it happening. Damn, which is why to me Maradona is greater than Messi because Damn. he has a World Cup on his back. But. Well, I don't take a World Cup away. Thierry Henry said it's the hardest thing to win. I believe him. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, easy for him to say after that because he's won it. Yeah, but anyways, it is. It is. Um, you know, you can assemble a team for a club. You can't do that for a nation. So there are additional different challenges involved. Uh, obviously, it's not fair to say one is better than the other, but there are different challenges. Oh, no. I, yeah, even I was being provocative. Yeah, for then. sure, for sure, and I know that. But yeah, man, Argentina. I supported them last. last time the year before so it is going to be one last time it's going to be one last dance with lionel messi so let's see what happens i i don't have hopes to be honest let me be very honest it is it is too far fetched to think this can happen uh just given the quality of uh, the argentinian team and other teams like yeah. so but fairy tales happen very rarely in sport uh, and everybody clings on to the hope i guess that is the allure of sport but uh fairy tales do rarely very rarely happen but they do sometimes so there are very few people who have been involved in as many fairy tales as lionel messi has let me tell you that so true yeah. true but like a fairy tale being you know you know that there's going to be a last world cup playing for argentina and to win the world cup and your last then that's your last game for your country that's going to be something he almost did it last time like uh, but almost yeah, almost so close no matter the only reason he's back is because he was unable to do it so <laughs> anyways So with that being said uh, football let's uh, discuss this one last thing uh, basically uh, the India under 17 team is playing the AFC qualifiers right for the Asia Cup so they qualified uh, so I think they played four games in in the in the group of three with Myanmar Kuwait and Maldives and I saw I saw highlights of all these games and uh, boy was the Indian under 17 team pretty nice I I was I was I was surprised pleasantly surprised I must say 
there were some long range shots being taken there were post and the crossbar being hit so it was exciting to see uh, you know uh, indian football uh, obviously kids are playing in under 17 kids which is even better so uh, that's good and they have qualified now so let's see what happens they qualified despite losing 2-1 to uh, being defeated 2-1 to saudi arabia so that's what it is so now let's see what the they are called the blue colts gotham i didn't know that uh, the blue what colts c o l t s oh the the blue colts are about yeah. okay i didn't know that i learned oh, nice. something so yeah i do have i do have the the national team jersey that's pretty nice i like that jersey yeah. the blue one is pretty cool uh, i me think me too and uh, yeah so th- that's what it is but uh otherwise let's get on with the recommendation i think we have spoken for a long time today so all right let 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 i i'm going to go first as far as recommendations go i'm probably going to steal your recommendation go so the first recommendation. recommendation i have is uh, i think i don't know if this is the one you had in mind or not it's called redeem team on netflix uh it's not it okay so that's good all right we'll have more recommendations there's a documentary called the redeem team on netflix it is about the 2008 uh uh, uh olympic basketball team the united states olympic basketball team uh it is called the redeem team because they're looking to redeem uh, after the 2004 debacle in uh, athens when argentina beat them in the semifinals and they ended up winning the bronze if you're the u.s national team with all your ba- nba stars you are expected to win the gold so that didn't happen in 2004 it's a story about how they achieved that in uh, the 2008 olympic games in beijing so it's a good watch oh, wonderful uh, i wouldn't say it's one of the yeah it's not one of the best watches i don't think but it's good because uh keep it just keep in mind that the executive producers on this are lebron james and wayne wayne and all those guys so it's going to be a little flowery um the other uh, thing i have is uh, a lot of documentaries uh it's called legacy the true story of the la lakers uh, it's on hotstar uh in india uh, it is i think on uh hbo i'm not sure i think it might be on hbo uh in 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 us and so on so it is a, it is just a documentary about the lakers and how it centers around the owner uh, jerry bus and after he died what happened there's a conflict and how the team performed through those years it's a, it's a, it's a decent watch it's a 10 episode series uh, so do watch that if you can and then because you spoke about the world cup uh, there is a cool uh, uh eight or nine part series i think eight part series because only it's hard to imagine but only eight nations have ever won the world cup in all so uh there is like a uh a, a, a feature on each of those countries of all the world cup winning countries called becoming champions on netflix um so watch the first episode on uruguay but there is other episodes on brazil england so argentina have you seen so the so. episode on uruguay I did watch the Uruguay one. Uh, yeah. So I was, have a quick question, really a curveball for you. Why do they have four stars? Oh. They have won only three World Cups, right? Have you thought of that? Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't that because they won it in the Olympics in the 30s? Is it? it? Yeah. Early and on, they, when FIFA, considered... the FIFA didn't have the budget to have World Cups, the Olympics were considered to be the World the Cups. World Cups. Yes. yes. So they won correct one of that. So they have four stars. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yes. I, I did. did yes, you're, you're right. right. I did catch that. that, that yes. so I've not seen that episode by the way, but I learned about this fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, from somewhere it's, they, they do, do talk, talk about that in the documentary about. because this they, they say you know back in those days the olympics was considered the world cup so that's why uh they're considered the world champions there so it is a pretty good one uh so do watch that if you can so those are my three recommendations cool 
wonderful so i'm going to catch some of these cuz there is interesting so my recommendation with respect to uh, the first one was with respect to the bcci it's lalan tops it's called neta nagri and they have uh, they talk about politics but this time they choose to talk about the bcci and uh, politics in cricket so which was very interesting uh, go catch check that out for sure go catch that uh, it's wonderful then the second one is to do with uh, basketball was i was recommending lin sanity so it's a story of jeremy lin's oh, yeah. uh, insane season with the knicks right so jeremy lin lin yeah. yeah jeremy lin and about how he uh, really struggled and then he came as this crazy player and then again faded back so uh, i found it very interesting go watch out watch it yourselves and tell to let us know what you think So you know he had that one month stretch uh, I'm sure they showed in the documentary where he was just lights out he was yeah. in the perfect spot he was in he was with the New York Knicks uh, Madison Square Garden he was getting all the media attention he was winning games buzzer beaters it was huge and then he faded I mean uh, yeah I I I obviously didn't follow it I follow his career that time so I I see it in hindsight uh it did uh yeah he had like i think one game to go with nicks or something and then you know he just lights out he just he gave it his shot before that he was let's not forget he was the golden state warriors and he was yep. being ping-ponged by every team so he was being pushed here and there and i think even nicks got him out of necessity i i forget what was the need but they they were out of a player and they got him and then he just went lights out uh and then but the i tragedy of that is even after that performance i think uh, the nicks let him go so uh, after yeah. that particular year they let him go obviously people in that documentary and spoiler alert would they talk about how his origin so he was a i think a taiwanese vietnamese player so how he doesn't fit the nba mold of a player and stuff whatever that played a lot to do with this game but i don't i never followed him closely so i don't know but i thought it was a nice watch nevertheless to do with basketball so that's my uh, recommendation is to watch uh linsanity netan agri and the third one is to follow this uh football channel called uh, t4 irl so it's about it's football they dissect uh, tactics i really enjoyed it and they talk about uh how liverpool shut man city and haaland so how they silenced haaland and that's where i stole some of uh, <laughs> the analysis from today so it's a wonderful watch you can go check that out i think it's a, it's a channel worth uh, following awesome and needless to say uh, our ultimate recommendation is to subscribe to news laundry pay to keep news free guys go to newslaundry.com hit that subscribe button you can subscribe for as cheap as 300 rupees uh you, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there video features video interviews podcasts articles ground reports any of some of some pop culture and some sports like us like we do but do check it out it's it's a it's an independent it's it's an independent website where we are not where the organization is not supported by any advertising it's just the subscribers that make it tick so do check it out please uh, subscribe to news laundry if you do want to write to us i think there's a link available and we'll put it on the podcast notes as well all right so thank you lippy thank you gautam uh, it was a fun time thank you uh, and uh, we we wish the listeners a happy sporting uh, sporting sports viewing experience over the next yeah, two weeks yeah i don't know if we can do this but can we uh, since the world cup is coming can we have uh, kenan's waving flag uh, as a song yeah, let's, let's let's first talk to lippy before we commit but 
that'll be awesome if he could yeah you play like 10 to 15 seconds of waving flag if he can on the podcast we'll see that'll be great episode that'll be great to end end this episode on so uh thank you anike thanks lippy have a good one everyone have a good day guys All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.